Hi, and welcome to Gospel Mission Church's message podcast. We pray that as you listen, you will be both encouraged and challenged to step into what God has in store for you. Here's this week's message from Pastor Claude. Well, good morning, church. It's going to be awesome next week. I can't wait to have the three services come together. It's going to be the first time. First time. So I invite you to come and put that on your calendar and uh, bring also your cap because it might be sunny. And uh, uh, yeah, we want to have a great day. And so, yeah, may you, may you come and invite a friend and uh, have a good family church time. Awesome. Just before I go to the Word, um, there's uh, one announcement I want to, uh, to relate to you guys uh, today is that uh, we've seen significant growth in the church, right? We're basically full when it comes to our Sunday services. And uh, so we're, we were looking at different solutions to fix the problem. I think we got a good problem, right? I, I believe that our calling as a church is to reach our region. And there's a mandate that we have it's to reach our community and beyond this region. What we want to see is to see people come alive to God, where people will connect with God on a personal level. There's a lot of people that know about God, but they've never connected with God. It's not a personal thing. And we want to be able to communicate that to the people. We want to see that happen in our, in our region and beyond. We want to see people come alive to his kingdom, where we step in God's call and we step in his will. We want to see that. We want to be life-giving. That's our mandate, right? We have a, a calling as a church, and the church is way more than just a place we attend. We are the church, and we have a mandate, and we can't do it alone. This is why church exists. There's synergy. The more we are, the more we are working together, the more we can see the progression of God's kingdom. I believe that in the future we'll do church planting. I believe that we will expand, and we will, we will, uh, we'll step in what God has in store. But right now we've got to step in what he has for us. And uh, one of the things that we want to do is to go to three services on the weekend, three services on Sunday. We're going to keep our Saturday night. But uh, if you want to throw the hours, uh, they were already there. Does it make a long time that they're there? So you were, okay, good. So the first one is at 8.30. The second one is at 10. The other is at 11.30. Um, the challenge that we have is that uh, we, want, we need more people to get involved, especially when it comes to grow our kids' ministry. So we'll have uh, kids' ministry in the first and also in the third so um, I know that uh, it's changing the hours, and it was hard because we were having a good thing, and we don't want to change too much the things, right? And uh, I know there's, like right now you're here at 11, so now you'll be able to pick between 10 and 11.30, and uh, we're trying to, uh, to shave some stuff too when it comes to the service to, to make it uh, a little shorter, but at the same time without losing the content. So this is what's going to happen in the fall, and uh, the reason why we're doing this is to facilitate and to facilitate the growth, right? Uh, We've seen uh, in the last few weeks uh, people um, leaving because there was no room, and that's not that's not what we want to see. We want to create room. We want to see people uh, experience God, right? I believe that we have to stretch the court and the cords of the tent. We've got to to, to stretch and, and and give room, but it takes sacrifices. It takes it takes a response. Like for myself, I would prefer to preach only once, and not four times uh, on the weekend. And, uh, and and but the reason why we're willing to do that it's because of growth, because we want to fulfill our mission. We want to be faithful to what God has called us to be. And, but it, we need your participation. We need more people involved in kids' ministry. We, we, need, 
we need for you to say yes. When it comes to ushers, greeters, info center, coffee shop, uh, we need help, prayer room, everything is, we're adding a service, right? So we need your, your help and we need your participation. So we invite you to pray for that. We invite you to put yourself before the Lord uh, so that we can, as a church, move forward and fulfill our calling and our mandate. I think it's a blessing, right? I believe God is kind of uh, moving in a wave. We're called to surf it. And we're called to, we are called to be responsible and, and, and faithful to what he has given us. So it might involve sacrifices and change. Um, we're looking at a new facility, and, and there's a lot of stuff to do to get to that. But right now, where we are, uh, this is what we want to do. That's what, really, that's what we can do. Right, Because we don't want to see people leave too late and start too early, so there's not really a lot of options. So we invite you to pray and, and consider uh, being involved and, and uh, yeah, joining the team and serve to see the progression of what God is doing. Amen? Amen. All right, so I would ask you to stand. We'll go to God's Word. We'll present ourselves before the Lord. You can stretch your hand in front of you as a symbol of your openness to what God wants to tell you this morning. Father, we thank you for this awesome time of worship. We thank you for your faithfulness and your love. You're so amazing. There's no, no one like you. We thank you that we can experience you on a personal level, that you are here and, and that you want to reveal yourself to us, that you're not a distant God. You are a personal God and a God that wants to get involved in our lives. So we, we say yes to your involvement, Father. We say yes to you in us, and, say, and we say yes to you around us. And I just pray, Father, that you would come and, and speak to us. Um, Holy Spirit, we pray that you would come and, and, and stir our hearts when it comes to the word of Christ. We want to see Jesus be glorified in our lives, so we choose to open up to what you want to say to us. You know each person by name, you, you know exactly where they are, and you have a word for them. And I pray that you would go beyond my words and that you would speak, that you would uh, deposit a rhema, your thoughts, your word, to each heart that knows that you know exactly what they need. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may grab a seat. So we've been talking in the last few weeks and we're ending this series uh, this morning. It's to, live, um, it's to live victoriously. I believe that God has called us to live victoriously. Um, I don't think that God has planned for me to fail. I believe that we were made with purpose and significance, right? I believe, like according to Romans chapter, Hebrews chapter 12, sorry, that we have a, a, a path for us to run on. And God has not set a path for me to run on for me not to finish the race, right? I believe that if he has set a path, it's because he wants me to finish the race. So God hasn't planned me to fail, he has planned me to succeed and to be fruitful. So I think it's very important for us as a church to see ourselves victorious and to see that God has called us to move forward. Amen? So we've talked about that in the last weeks. We've talked about that God has called us to be the head and not the tail. That God has a call on us and he wants to see his will be trans inspired through our lifestyle and how we're called to live and, and also what is before us where we live for his, for his glory. So, so what we've talked on, and I don't want to go uh, and talk about what we've talked in the last few weeks, but, but what we focused on is victorious Christian living. And one of the things I want to 
talk about this morning that I think it's important for us to realize is that if I want to live victoriously, I've got to live beyond my expectations. I've got to live beyond my expectations. And we, we, we do life with expectation, right? Um, let's say, for example, you're going to eat out and you're going to try a new restaurant. Uh, you'll have expectation of the place you're going to go, right? Or let's say you're shopping for uh, a car, you're shopping for a computer, you're going you're gonna to do your search, you're going to look at reviews, and you have a certain expectation of what you're looking, looking for, right? When it comes to looking for a church, when it comes to, uh, when it comes to a new job, when it comes to a, a, a new school, we build up expectation. We put expectation on ourselves, right? And we also put expectation on others, and so how we do life is we, uh, we define a lot of stuff in life through the expectation, through what we envision or what we, what we want to see and our desire. It's sometimes uh, uh, you get married and you have a, a, before you get married, you're dating or you're going through premarital counseling, and then you have your expectation of marriage, right? For most of the guys, they think about sex, Right? And the ladies think more about romance. And you got a certain expectation. You have in your mind an idea of how it's going to look like. But the thing is, it doesn't always pan out according to what we thought it was going to be, right? Some of us, we've planned the family. Uh, before you get married, you say, you know, we're going we're gonna to have three, five, 15 kids, right? Uh, you think about how many kids. And by the way, it's kind of funny how, how the new fathers, how the, the fine when their wife is pregnant and they say, we're pregnant, right? It's kind of funny, I have to say. In my era, it's, we didn't say that. Uh, we said, my wife is pregnant. It's pretty cool to, for a guy to say, I'm pregnant, right? <laughs> no laborer involved. What a deal. What a deal. Man, guys, what a deal. You can say that you're pregnant and you don't have to suffer or anything, right? But most of the time after your wife has the first baby, your perspective starts to change, right? You have a ten tendency to say, well, yeah, she's pregnant, because you remember how it was when she was on that table, right? Anyway, maybe that's too much info. Sorry, guys. But we live life with expectation, right? We have things that we envision, that we think it's going to be like, and, and we hope it's going to pan out. And, and, and sometimes it doesn't pan out like we thought. And what happens when it doesn't pan out? What happens when your dreams and your expectation doesn't come to pass? And I think that's a huge topic because it happens to all of us where we have a certain dream, a certain expectation, and we, we think about this and, and we look at retirement or whatever it might be, and then you, 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 you hit retirement and it doesn't look exactly how you thought it was going to be. And I, and I believe that we're called to live beyond expectations. I think God doesn't want us to just limit our life based on what we expect or what we want to see. And that's what I'd like to focus on this morning. Um, the question is, God is able to do whatever he wants. Uh, it says in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, that he can do beyond what we dream and ask, right? He's amazing. But at the same time, what we're called to do, what we're called to process and understand, is that we want to see our will be aligned with his will, right? So that's what we want to see. So, but I, I believe, though, if I want to live victoriously, I need to live beyond my projection and my expectation. I want to give you a little example of that 
And it's in the life of John the Baptist in Matthew chapter 11, verse 2. Take a look. If you have your Bible, take a look at Matthew 11, verse 2. I'm going to read it from the NLT. It says, John the Baptist, who was in prison, heard about all the things the Messiah was doing. So he sent his disciples to ask Jesus, Are you the Messiah we've been, waiting, we've been expecting? Or should we keep looking for another one? Or should we be looking for someone else? What happens in this text is that the Jews were waiting for a victorious Messiah. Their hope and their dream was to see the restoration of the throne of David. And it was to see the Romans be expelled out of the promised land. That was their dream. When they thought about the Messiah, they were thinking about a victorious Messiah that would come with a sword, like a zealot, and, and push away the Roman influence, and they would gain back the territories that God has shown to Moses, Joshua, and also King David. So they were looking for that. And, and, and you look at John the Baptist, he had also this idea of seeing the Messiah come and establish his rule. And everybody thought this way. But Jesus' uh, desire and what Jesus had at heart was to reach the heart of men. And we see it on the Sermon of the, on the Mountain from chapter 5 to chapter, the end of chapter 7 when it's in Matthew where he talks about the heart that God came or Jesus came to redeem us and to reach our hearts, Right? But they were waiting and looking for that victorious Messiah. So, so what happened is that John was a bit confused because why was he in prison? Like if he was going to be the herald of the Messiah, the forerunner, because he's the forerunner, he came to prepare the way of the Lord, right? He came to, to prepare the way of the Messiah, but he's in prison. Why am I in prison? I should be beside the Messiah, and we should be building troops, and we should see victory over Israel, but it didn't go according to that. And what he does is he asks his disciples to go see Jesus and say, are you the Messiah? There was a doubt. What happened is that when you live according to your expectation and you box yourself up on what it's called to be like, it creates doubts. You start to doubt on God. You start to doubt on your calling. You start to doubt at what's around you. And you, it brings confusion. And it causes you to slow down and it can even cause you to derail. So it's important for us to see and to live beyond our expectation. And we look at the story of John the Baptist and he is called the greatest prophet in the Bible. He prepared the way of the Lord, but it did not look like he thought it was going to look like. And I think that's a danger for us where we have preconceived ideas of how it's going to look like or, or how it's going to turn out. And when it doesn't, what do we do? What do we do? And I think that's a topic that we need to think about and let Holy Spirit bring truth to it. So how can I live beyond my expectations? How can I live beyond my expectation? Number one, I need to bring my expectation to the Lord. I've got to bring my expectation to the Lord. There's some expectation that we have in marriage, right? You expect your wife, you expect your husband. Uh, when it comes to life, you expect your boss, you expect your children, you expect people to do this or do that. So we, we have some expectation, and it's nothing wrong to have expectation. But what we need to do is we need to bring our expectation to the Lord, right? We've got to ask the Lord what He has to say when it comes to what is before me. Is it my desires? Is it my will or is it his will? Is it his plans? So it's important for us to go to the Lord and consult the Lord and say, God, what are you up to, right? 
What are you up to? What do you want to do in this? What have you planned in this? What do you think about this? Because God is at work. Can you tell your neighbor that God is at work? God is at work, right? So we want to be part of that. We want to experience that. I want to give you another example in the Bible of this. It's the story of Jeremiah, a great prophet. When I was in seminary, I majored in Jeremiah, and he's a great prophet, a prophet that started young. Um, some will say he started to be the voice of the Lord at the age of 13, 15, 17. He was speaking the word of the Lord, took a pause uh, in his early 20s, and came back into the, the prophetic scene later on. And it was hard for him, right? He prophesied the word of the Lord, while all the other prophets, what they prophesied, they prophesied wealth and peace and prosperity, but what he got from the Lord was, if you do not repent, there's going to be judgment on the house of Israel. And he wasn't liked for that. It was hard for him. So he received the call, if you look at Jeremiah chapter 1, it's an amazing call how God revealed himself to Jeremiah. And Jeremiah had expectations of, what, how, of how it was going to be like. And if you look at Jeremiah chapter 15, verse 18, it says, Jeremiah is talking to the Lord, and he says, Why then does my suffering continue? Why is my wound so incurable? Your help seems so uncertain as a seasonal brook like a spring that has gone dry. That's his heart. He's kind of discouraged. He goes before the Lord. He says, you're like a seasonal brook. You are like a spring that has gone dry. And why does he say this? It's because of his expectation. Um, he was expecting, he was hoping that people would listen to him. As he was walking in righteousness and he was doing things right, he thought that everything would pan out and everything would be better and he would make a big impact and he would be accepted by the people. But it didn't turn out this way. And you know, what you see in this verse is he got bitter. He got frustrated at God. God, why? He got frustrated at his calling. Why me? And you see that in Jeremiah chapter 20 where he says, I'd like, I'd, like to, I'd like to go back in my mother's womb. Like he's going through a rough time and he's kind of discouraged. It's because one of the things that happened to him, he had an expectation of how it was going to look like and it didn't turn out that way. In verse 19, God is saying to him, this is how the Lord responds. I'll, um, if you return to me, I will restore you so that you can continue to serve me. He says... I will restore you so you can continue to serve me. He doesn't even say to Jeremiah, I'll take care of your things. Uh, you know, I'm going to come and heal your heart. He says, no, I will restore you to serve me. That your life is about me. That you're called to serve me. And, and that's, the, that's what uh, God was saying to Jeremiah. And, and I think it's the same thing when it comes to life. We, we go through hardship or challenges. It doesn't pan out the way we want. And I believe God wants us to turn to him. He wants us to come back to him and say, God, I, I give you this. I, I, I surrender to you. Because I believe that my expectation can become my prison. My expectations can become my prison. Really can. The expectation that you put on people that are around you and it doesn't pan out, what, how do you respond? It can imprison you. It really can. You got hurt by the church. You got hurt by a boss. You got hurt by your parents. You got hurt by a sibling. You got hurt by your, your, your partner, your, your wife or your husband in life. And, and the thing is, if you, if you let that penetrate your heart and you let that control your life, what's going to happen is going to imprison you. 
You see, your expectation can imprison you. Because you say, God, you're not faithful. I, I prayed for this and I did that and, and this did not happen. And then you turn your back on God and you get upset and frustrated. And, and I think it's so easy for us to get caught into that. God doesn't always live up to my expectations, but he always lives up to his word. He, he always lives up to his word, but he doesn't, he, he doesn't promise to meet my expectation. And listen to that. I think it's so huge. In my 30 years of ministry, I've seen so many people walk away from the faith because they were mad at God, because God did not meet their expectation. It was their expectation, and they say, God, why this, why that? They've never went to consult the Lord on what was his thought and what was his expectation. Because what we do about Christianity, it's all about us. And we miss out on what he has to say and what he wants to do. We miss out on the big picture. We miss out on, on his heart when it comes to what he wants to do in me and through me. But the Bible says uh, and that, Jesus, that God is faithful to his word. He will always be faithful to his word. Because he's not a liar. He said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Woohoo! He will never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He will always love you. He will provide to you. He will reveal himself to you when you call on him. He will fill you with the Holy Spirit when you ask to be filled. He will give you the energy that you have to do your work. He will give you enlightenment and knowledge when you say, God, I need wisdom, like it says in the book of James. Ask wisdom, he will grant it to you. He will meet your needs. He will be there for you. He guarantees that. But he doesn't guarantee that he will meet your expectations. If you live life and that's your primary goal, it's to see your expectation being fulfilled, you will be discouraged, you will be in prison. What you want to do is put yourself before the Lord and say, have your way in my life, Lord. And sometimes we have to refocus on how we're doing life. I, I think we, I, I believe that we have to refocus, otherwise we'll get mad at God we get, we can get mad at others, and we can also get, be mad at ourselves. And, and we'll condemn ourselves and, and live in guilt, and God doesn't want you to live in this way. If you look at Romans chapter 12, verse 1, it says, Therefore I urge you, brothers, I encourage you strongly, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, because what Christ has done, because of the love of God proven by the cross, that God did the legwork to reconcile us with the Father, Offer your bodies as living sacrifices. Live for Christ. Put yourself available before God and say, God, I give you my life. This is holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. So what is your act of worship? It's to lay your life at his feet and say, God, I'm living for you. I belong to you. And it says in verse 2, do not confirm any longer to the pattern of this world. Change your mindset. Change your mindset. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind, and that's by the word of God through the Holy Spirit. Then you will be able to test and approve God's will is his good, pleasant, pleasing, and perfect will. So for me to know his will and to discern his will, I've got to submit my life to Christ. And I've got to choose to think like he does. And then I'm able to hear his voice and, and walk in his ways, you know? So let's say if I walk in the flesh and I pursue my own desires and I pursue what I wanted to aim for, I pursue what I wanted to take a hold of, I can miss out on God's will because I'm consumed. 
I'm consumed for what, is, what I want to have. And because of that, I miss out on what God has for me, and I believe that what he has for me is better. It's better than my expectation, so I need to live beyond my expectation. And what am I called to do? I'm called to bring my expectation to the Lord. Secondly, I need to be willing to adjust and adapt. I need to be willing to adjust and adapt. What if things are not turning out according to what I projected? I need to adjust and to adapt. 14 years ago, I remember 14 years ago, um, we were planning to move to, to Winkler. And uh, this time of the year, we had sold our house and, and we were uh, having our house being built. The house were rare, like it is right now in Winkler and this region. And, and so we were planning to move for mid, mid-August. And, uh, and there was a dating process between um, our family and, and the leadership of, the, of Gospel Mission Church then. And it, the process was long, like we had a lot of stuff to talk about. And uh, I remember uh, when we moved here, I had an expectation of things, right? I, I had some expectation of how it was going to look like. One of the things that really hit us when we moved here, I'll talk more about that next week, is that a good thing we met the people before we went to the service. I've got to tell you that. The service was not what I was used to, and I didn't think it was life-giving. But the thing is the people were so amazing. We were just hooked. Like when you go fishing and you catch a jack, we were just caught by you guys. We were just hooked by you guys. So you, we, we thought you were so great. Even though we're, we don't have a Mennonite background, we are basically now French Mennonites. And <laughs> we're kind of confused, right? You know? I was explaining to someone uh, this week of the Mennonite heritage and all that, and, and one of the, the guy was looking at me like, you know all that? I said, yeah, it's my people, man. It's, it's home. It's, I'm, I'll have a mashup this afternoon maybe. But I was hooked by the people. The people were so great. But I had an expectation of how I was going to look like, and it did not, when I moved in and I started to get established, it looked differently. I remember the first year I had my door out. I, had, I was keeping my exit, uh, exit, exit signs open. I, had, I was here, but I wasn't here, right? I was saying, will I commit? Oh, there's too much changes. I don't know how I'll survive here, and la, 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 la. But I needed to make a decision in my heart. Am I willing to adapt? I had an expectation of how it was going to look like, but I had to bring that expectation to God. And say, God, what are you saying? What are you doing? What do you want to do? And I needed to submit to that and believe that what he had in store was better than what I expected. And I look at where we are today, it's beyond my expectation. But if I would have pursued my expectation and pushed my way and say, this is, it has to happen, I would have missed God's will. You see? So I can't just limit my life with my expectations. I can't limit my life with my expectation of how it should look like. Let God define it. Let God in the process and see what he's going to do. But I believe he's going to do something awesome. If you go up north in northern Ontario and you see these beautiful rivers, there's there's some awesome, beautiful rivers. And let's say you would be traveling and you would bring a nice 
uh, boat along, and you would stop at one of the rivers and say, oh, let's go fish in this bay. Let's go and, and hop on the boat, let, and, and let's go on the river. You might be surprised because when you look at northern Ontario, one of the things they did when it comes to harvesting wood, they had, um, they'd throw logs on the river. My dad used to do that where uh, like the lumber, the lumberjacks would cut the trees, throw them all on the river, and then you had this tugboat that would come and with a steel cable surround the wood and bring the wood to the mill or to the place where they would be hauled to the mill. And what happened is when the, the wood was hauled, well, there's some loose ends, right? Uh, we call them deadheads. Deadheads are logs that you don't see floating, but they're about a foot in the water, two feet under the waves. And when there's a big storm, a lot of waves, you can see sometimes the tip of the log. So what happened is that if you don't know about that, you hop in your boat and you just go, you will hear a big bang, bang under your boat. It happened to me. And it, you could lose your life. What you have to do is you have to find the channel. And especially when you go into bays, this is where the wood has a tendency of going. But there was a river where I used to live where it was beautiful. At the end of the river, or not at the end, but in the portion of the river, there was a beautiful fall. I remember one day I said, I won't have to ask when it comes to where the, the channel is. I'm just going to hop on my boat, and I really damaged my motor. I think it's the same thing when it comes to life. At first, sometimes it looks so beautiful, so great, right? But there's some dead logs. There's some dead heads. And the thing is, you've got to learn to navigate. I really believe that if you want to have a successful, victorious Christian living, you need to learn to adjust. If you don't learn to adjust, you will never have victory or you will never be successful. Look at marriage. Look at, look at relationships. Look at work. You need to learn to adjust. You see? When we have expectation, we push our expectation, and we live by that expectation, and we fill our mind that that's the way it's going to happen, and we're, we're too stubborn to be flexible, we can miss out on what God has in store, right? So what we want to do is we want to take a hold of what he wants of us, but at the same time, we want to be flexible. And what happens in that process, God changes you. Because when you don't meet your expectation, what you dreamt, what happened is that there's a refining in your heart. You can bitter, be bitter, or you can be better, right? You can see God uh, change you in the inside and mold you, or you can, you, you can shut yourself down. And my prayer is that you would not shut yourself down. Because I know that in your life, there's some challenges. I know that in your life, some of the things you hope for, it's not really panning out. Expect God to surprise you. Expect God to show up in your life, but don't get caught up and, and lose sight because of what you projected. All right? I think that's a huge, huge thing when it comes to living victoriously. My last point here is I need to believe that I can prosper where I am. Can you tell your neighbor that you can prosper where you are? I can prosper when I, where, where I am. Can I say that? I can prosper where I am. You know, the grass seems always... Greener on the other side of the fence, right? <laughs> it really does. It's really, it really does, right? Especially from long distance. Long distance, everybody looks great. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> the closer you get, then it <laughs> changes. That was not in my notes, by the way. Just sorry, guys. <laughs> like, our mistakes and ugly situations don't scare God. 
It doesn't, God doesn't see, I'm, oh, I'm, I don't know what I'm going to do with this. Oh, what a mess. No. God can make masterpiece out of messes. Right? I, God has called me to prosper where I am. Where you are right now, God wants you to prosper. You can prosper. Don't be caught on what the what if, if, if it would have been, blah, 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 and live in this illusion where you are, where God has planted you. He wants you to bear fruits. Woohoo! Yeah! Why not? Right? And I think that's his, that is his will. And sometimes what you have to do is one step at a time. You got to focus on the road, focus on what he's asking of you day by day, and wait for him to make a way. And I think that's when you live with a bit of experience and you've been on this road a little while, you know that's how it works. I remember a few years ago, me and my wife, we went out west and we wanted to venture out with our flax. And uh, we went out and we said, we're going to sleep on our flex. We want to, wanted to go to like kind of a free honeymoon where we just land, we, we park where we want. And, you know, we, we go back like uh, just to go and enjoy life. And, and we were just going and cruising and we stayed where we wanted to stay. You know, we didn't do any booking. We just parked anywhere and it was a lot of fun. But anyway, <laughs> come back, come back home, right? Uh, one of the things that happens, we were, tra- we were driving and we saw this sign that said Cascade. Ah, Cascade. Well, that's waterfalls, right? So then I turned there and I take this back road and it was kind of a iffy road. There was a lot of uh, potholes and there was a rundown shack. And so I continued. I said, I want to see that Cascade. So I start to go up and usually Cascades, it's not going up. It's going down, right, if you want to see water. But I still went up. And I realized that the further I was going, the narrow the road was. And there was no guardrails. And at one point, I just froze. I was holding the steering wheel. My knuckles were white. And my wife was closer to the edge. So now she was sitting on me because <laughs> she's afraid of heights. And she said, Claude, you're not afraid of heights. But I was just freaking out. I was totally frozen. I don't know what to do. I said, if there's a car that comes behind me, I'm, I'm stuck. I was just stuck. I'm just thinking, I'm just talking about it. I, I feel the feeling of just being frozen. I was just frozen, right? And so then we said, okay, let's just focus on the road. And we did, went up. Finally, we arrived on the top, and it was called um, Cascade. Uh, Mountain Peak Cascade. So it was, the scenery was fantastic. And there was this guy, a solo guy, a guy that drove all the way up there on his own. And I went to see him. And he said, so how was, how was your, uh, your journey coming up here? And he had big eyes. He said, I don't know. I'm going to get back down. So, but, but the thing, all this to tell you is that when you're in God's will, take a step forward. Trust in him. Trust that he will help you to navigate. Trust that he will make a way. You know, be, don't be caught by the life. That life is to see your expectations being met. Life is about doing God's will. And he has a fantastic will for you. And one day we'll see the Lord face to face. And I want to be the one that says, you know what? God, I trusted in you. I believed in your ways. And thank you, Father, for making my life fruitful. Because that's his plan and that's what he wants not to look at the waves like when peter was tempted to look at the wave when jesus called him to out of the boat or call us to keep our eyes on the altar and the perfecter of our faith 
I like what it says in Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 6. Wherever you go and whatever you do, you'll be blessed. So where you are right now, wherever you go, whatever you do, you'll be blessed. He's talking to the Israelites. I, I understand that. But I believe that if I pursue God's will and I want to do His will, He's going to bless me in what I do and wherever I am. Circumstances, they're not controlling me. I'm not under the wind of circumstances. I'm under God. Right? So I trust in Him. I, I believe in Him that He will make a way. Because that's what God does. That's what he does, right? So I don't want to be consumed by my expectation of how it's, going, it's supposed to look like. I want to be caught up by God and say, God, you've called me to prosper where I am. I believe that. I'm going to do what I'm called to do, and I'm going to rely on you because you are faithful, because you are a God in every season. Can you tell your neighbor this, that he is God in every season? Every season. So it's not because... My expectations are not met that I can't be fruitful. You see, I'm called to be fruitful. And Ephesians chapter 5 verse, 7, 5 verse 15 says, Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise but as wise, making the most of every opportunity. Making the most of every opportunity. Making the most of where you are at. Okay? Because there's difficult days, because uh, the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will, God's will is. So we're not, we don't want to be foolish. We want to understand what he's up to. So we say, God, I don't want to live according to my expectation. I don't want to put expectation on people that is not from you. I want to trust in you. I want to live life, like it says here, take, making the most of every opportunity and I, I want to hear your voice. Like I said earlier, don't let expectation become your prison. God is bigger than your expectation. Don't turn your back on God because of unmet circumstances or, or uh, uh, unmet, um, unmet expectations, I mean. Uh, don't look, let you look at the example of Jeremiah where he said, God, you're, you're not faithful. He is faithful. It's just that I got to align myself with his will. Like I said earlier, God has not set a path for me to, to miss the mark or not to finish it. He hasn't set me up to fail, but he's called me to be fruitful. He's called me to be fruitful. My prayer for you as we talked on this topic of victorious Christian living is that we would walk victoriously, that we would not be the, head, the, the tail, but we would be the, the head, that we would not be the bottom but on top. And the only way we can do that is when we align ourselves with God's will and we pursue him. And that we respond to his call and we go forward and we fulfill the, mount, the mandate that he has placed on our lives. Amen? I would ask you to stand. Thank you so much for listening. With all the eyes closed this morning, out of respect for your neighbor, maybe it's your first time here or you've been coming for a while. Maybe you came alone, or you came with family members or a friend, but you're not where you should be when it comes to your faith. You're not, God is not personal in your life. You, you know about God, you've heard about God, but he's not in your life, and you know that. I, I believe that you're not here by accident or by chance. I believe that God wants to reveal himself to you, but it's your call. You, you got to open up. You got to say yes to God. You've got to open the door of your life and let him. And I, I got to tell you that when you will let him in, it's going to change your life. It's going to rock 
your world. It's going to be so amazing because there's no one like God. And I don't want you to leave here without making a commitment, without having Christ in your life. I don't want you to leave here without knowing God personally. If that's you this morning, can I invite you to raise up your hand and say, here I am, Lord, I I give my life to you. Or maybe you walked away from the faith. Yes, thank you, in the front, someone else. You walked away from the, yeah, we got three, four in the front. Yeah, thank you, in the front. Someone else, thank you. Mm. Lord, we thank you that we can have a fresh start with you. We thank you that you are a forgiving God. So we come before you and we ask you to forgive our sins. We thank you for Jesus that took our sin on the cross like a sponge that sponged all our sins away. We admit that we're sinners. We admit our wrongdoing. And we come before you and we repent and we ask for your forgiveness. We ask you to come and inhabit us. We want you to be in, my, in our house, be in my house, uh, fill my life of your spirit. And I choose today to live for you. I choose today to walk for you. I can't do it alone. I need your help. I need others to come into my life. And one, one, one last call this morning. Are you imprisoned by your expectation? Are you discouraged because of your unmet expectation? If, that, if that's you this morning, I invite you to surrender to the Lord. I believe the presence of the Holy Spirit is here. I believe there's signs and wonders that follow God's word. And I believe that God wants to bring freedom in your heart this morning. He wants you to have a fresh start. He wants you to prosper and be fruitful where he's planted you. If that's you, I just invite you to surrender your expectation to God and say, God, I present my life. I put my life on the altar. I want to live for you. And I know that you know what is best. So I surrender to you. And I want your freedom. And I want to be fruitful. I want to fulfill your calling. Forgive me of attaching myself to my own desires Help me to get attached to what you want to do in my life. So I'll give you just, give you just a moment just to have this interaction with God. Thank you, Father, for your grace. Thank you for your healing. Thank you for your freedom that you're bringing to your people. Thank you for new starts. Thank you for hope, for encouragement, that you are in each, each person's boat, that you are in their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us on the GMC Podcast. For more info about what's going on this week, check out gmchurch.ca. Thanks for listening. Have a wonderful week.